Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, April the 15th in 2020 on When I Rise. This was supposed to be tax day, but thank goodness we've got a little bit of a delay until the middle of the summer. And so this is just an ordinary Wednesday. Thanks for making this party morning on When I Rise. We're in year A and the second Sunday of Easter, the second week where we're feasting and we're celebrating the resurrection. And so on this day, we're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 2 because in year A for the first few weeks of the season of Easter, uh, one of the New Testament texts looks at Peter's Pentecostal sermon that leads us up to the day of Pentecost. And so we're going to be in Acts 2 and we're going to read in verse 14, and then we're going to read verses 22 through 32. What's neat is that the next few weeks, there's a dissection of what happens on the day of Pentecost and uh, Peter's message. So we're going to take a look at that passage. It'll have, a, it'll have a familiar psalm that we read yesterday as we had a time of prayer. So just keep that in mind. So I'll read that passage, then I'll provide a couple points of reflection. It'll lead us to a time of prayer as we face our day together. Once again, if you'd like to support the podcast, there's a link in the show notes to a Patreon page. $5 a month allows you to nourish the podcast and help dig wells through charity water. Thanks ahead of time for considering. But without further ado, let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Acts chapter 2, verse 14a, and then 22 through 32. And Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. And then verse 22 and following. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. This is the word of God for us. What we see in Acts chapter 2, which is the, one of the first scenes of the church and their proclamation of Jesus being raised from the dead, is that Peter has a problem or an interesting, well, let's not call it a problem. I went to Jamaica once and they said, we don't have problems here. We just have situations. So let's call it that way. Peter's got a situation uh, here in the book of Acts. Um, they're, they're trying to put together what Jesus's resurrection means. And they're still in Jerusalem. They're still near a threat. I mean, they're in an upper room praying when the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they begin to proclaim God's goodness in a variety of tongues. So with the captive audience, Peter has to explain himself. 
And what I love about Peter is he has guts in this moment. Instead of fading into the background and laying up, he tries to proclaim a message of repentance to those who are willing to hear. And what he says is that Jesus was a man attested by God. He did miracles. He was obviously from God, but he was harshly treated by those whom God sent him to, the Jews. Once again, they were waiting for a Messiah. They were waiting for a deliverer. They were waiting for a chosen one to free them from tyranny, to restore temple worship, to restore uh, the kingdom of David, and to bring an era of prosperity to the people of God. And so when that time finally came, Jesus came as Messiah, and he was a man attested by God, and they handed him over to be crucified. Peter says, though, this is part of God's plan. It was part of God's plan for the people of God to crucify their God so that in the, in the end, and the aftermath of that, they would have sorrow for their wayward ways and they would turn to God in a season of repentance. And here's the situation. How does Peter have a, establish a basis for this? Remember, they had, a, they had a belief of resurrection, but they believed that the resurrection would happen at the very end of the age, before the new age of God's reign upon the earth, what they call the day of the Lord, and everybody would be raised all at once. And so when Jesus is raised from the dead only, and there seems like this isn't the end of the age, they have to put together this complicated puzzle and picture of what God might be up to. And so Peter and others were scanning the scriptures, and they land upon this hint from Psalm 16. Psalm 16 is ascribed to a song of David. It may or may not have been a psalm of David. But nevertheless, they say in David's words, David understood something. He understood it in a hint. That God would not allow his Holy One to be subject to decay, but he would raise him back. And so Peter wants them to look at David, but look beyond David. They all knew that God promised David that there would be one upon his throne who would reign forever and ever, ages upon ages. But David was subject to decay. And many of the descendants after David, those who were on that same throne, they had a complicated story like David. David was faithful sometimes and not faithful other times. So there was still this promise from God to have somebody from David's line, but David's story is complicated. So how's God going to make this all work? God sent himself in the line of David to to absorb the pain of David's household, the sin of the people of Israel, but to be victorious over death and judgment and the grave. And Jesus is the one. So Peter concludes, we're all witnesses of this. David's in a grave here nearby in the vicinity of Jerusalem. We can see it. He's He's decayed. But there's one from his line that we can put our trust in. And he is the Holy One. He is the Chosen One. So what should we say this? Um, I think, like, like Peter, we are in an interesting situation today. We have this ancient story that continues to have life on it. It never expires. This resurrection from the dead that Jesus experienced and this proclamation of what it means to the ends of the earth. But we're living in a different day than Peter. Same scriptures, same story in a brand new day. So like Peter on that day of Pentecost, we need to have wisdom And we need to have an ingenuity and inspiration from the Holy Spirit to speak the same truth in new and fresh ways. So I want to pray this morning that God would give us that inspiration. Because we have people in our lives who are asking God questions. We have people in our lives who are resistant of God. We have people in our lives who are antagonistic towards those who believe in God. We have an issue within our culture where less and less people are blushing about not attending church and showing up and singing praises to our God. 
So we have a situation like Peter has a situation. So may God give us the wisdom and the grace to proclaim boldly this message in fresh new ways in a different day. And I know and I believe that the same God that Peter trusted in and 3,000 that they that day put their trust in, new, new believers of Jesus, that God's still going to do something in the midst of the body of Christ to bring more and more people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So let's pray together this morning and ask God that he would give us the wisdom for our day and time. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you are the living one. Jesus, that you are the man attested by God, that even though because it was part of God's plan, you were handed over by the Jews and crucified. God did not allow you to be subject to decay, but he vindicated you from the grave. God, I think that the resurrection changes everything, that you brought the whole world out of the grave with Jesus. These are brand new days, brand new times where mercy triumphs over judgment. And so God, this day, I thank you for the people in my life and I, I bring them to mind. And as my friends are praying with me this morning, People come to their mind, people who have not embraced this life-changing story. They have not em- embraced Jesus or, or bowed their knee to Jesus or, or worship Jesus. And so, God, this day, we are perplexed because the story that we come have come to know and love has not had its effect on others around us. And so, God, this day, instead of being dismayed, instead of being discouraged, we ask that you would give us faith. We ask that you would give us inspiration and hope and wisdom to engage the wider world around us. We think that on this day of Peter, who was timid and who was afraid for several days, that there was a boldness that washed over him and there was a wisdom that washed over him. And he was able to, with, with persuasion and with grace and with boldness, he was able to proclaim the excellencies of Christ. And so God, this day, some of us are called to preach Some of us are not called to preach. Some of us are called to serve. Some of us are called to organize and to administrate. We all have different gifts and different abilities and different opportunities. We have different networks. We have the same God and the same opportunity in the same day. So God, we pray that you give us wisdom, that you give us a fresh insight on how we might be witnesses for Christ in our day. God, we pray that it would be a matter of ease, that it would be something that was second nature to us to proclaim the goodness of Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that your kingdom would come and that your will be done and that you pour out your love upon our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.